first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT. And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Well, today we're continuing in our series, looking back at the 2020 position groups. We already looked at the quarterback position, so if you guys haven't checked that one out, be sure to do that. Today we are looking at the running back position. Now, this is a very interesting position because the guy that we projected to start, Marlon Mack, played in one game this year, Not even didn't even finish one game. And uh, obviously Jonathan Taylor was your lead back going into this year, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, all those guys contributed as well. And so, Derek, we're just going to jump right into this one and look at this run offense for the Indianapolis Colts. Have it pulled up here. So they finished the year right outside the top 10 at number 11. Uh, They rushed in total for 1,996 yards, so four yards short of 2,000 yards. Pretty decent year from the running back position. Uh, what was your overall thoughts on the Colts running game in 2020? Well, like we said multiple times throughout this podcast throughout the year that this was a uh, classic case of the beginning of the season. It struggled at the at the end of the season. It looked like it finally figured out how to uh, be in final form. So, you know, again, that came with Marlon Mack not being there. Also came with the offensive line not doing as well in the beginning of the year. Overall, I mean, when you look at it from this whole thing of the offense trying to figure out the whole running back group, I thought that, you know, 11th place is pretty good. You know, obviously took a small step back, but I am confident in regardless of whether or not we bring Marlon back or not, that I feel confident that this team going forward is going to be able to still run the ball at a top 10 level, especially next year now that we know Jonathan Taylor has had the speed of the game kind of slowed down for him now we know Hines can still run and then ultimately it's just a matter of you know does Marlon come back or do we stick with Wilkins just depends yeah I definitely agree with you there and just some other stats to pull up here the Colts had 20 rushing touchdowns on the year that is uh that is phenomenal also good for sixth in the league so if there was one thing that they did exceptionally well amongst all their running running backs, it was rushing touchdowns. They did a really, really phenomenal job. We already talked a little bit um, about the quarterback position, about how the passing touchdowns were not on par. They were 22nd in the league. Well, we kind of see why now, right? The Colts were able to run the football really well in the red zone, score a lot um, of touchdowns in that way. And, you know, the average was pretty decent. I know it was really, really bad at one point. It was like near the bottom of the league in terms of rushing yards uh, per attempt. But the Colts finished 14th overall um, in rushing yards per attempt, 4.3 yards per attempt. So overall, I, I really think that this running game, yeah, like you said, struggled to start the year, but really started to come on at the end of the year. I mean, even though you do lose that playoff game, you still rush for over 150 yards in that game. Uh, let's just pull up the stats here because you mentioned Jonathan Taylor a little bit. Taylor finished the year. He had 15 games he played, and he started in 13 of them. 
Um, he had 1,169 yards on 232 attempts, 11 rushing touchdowns. He averaged five yards per carry and ended up averaging about 78 yards per game. I mean, Derek, what can you say about this guy? Starting off the year, wasn't even supposed to be the starter, didn't start in week one, started in week two, lost some snaps in the middle of the year, and then also missed a game due to sickness. Like, all these factors contributed, and Jonathan Taylor still finished over 1,000 yards, actually third in the league in terms of rushing. Man, just talk to me about, you know, I think it really started, like, to happen, obviously, it started to correlate when Jonathan Taylor really started to to have that hot streak, you know, near the, the second half of the season. Yeah, it, it totally did. And, you know, he came on very strong. He did what he had to do. And he said it, his dad even said that, you know, he talked to him and said, he said, Dad, the, the game is starting to slow down for me. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's the moment we knew that Jonathan, this is the Jonathan Taylor. We know he can be now because now the game doesn't feel too fast for him anymore. He now understands where everything goes. And, you know, credit his durability as well. I mean, he didn't have quite the amount of rushes this year as some of the other top backs did, you know, like Derrick Henry and guys like Dalvin Cook right off the bat. But, you know, I'll give credit to to Nick Chubb for a second here. If Nick Chubb didn't go down for those multiple weeks due to injury – um, I think Taylor would have ended up being fourth on this list, but yeah. either way, um, still top five regardless for a rookie running back is really good. I mean, it, this only can make you look up from here because, you know, 1,100 yards with, you know, not starting in three games, a couple games where he only got like 12 rushes in a game at the most, one game where he had to miss due to uh, illness. You know, it makes you feel good knowing that, you know, if he gets another season where he plays a full 15 games where he is the starter, I mean, makes you think 1,300, maybe 1,500 yards in the near future, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we're talking Ezekiel Elliott numbers here from a few years ago. I mean, that's pretty good. And, you know, I don't expect him to get on Derrick Henry's level because not many people utilize their running backs the same way that Derrick Henry is. But, I mean, if Taylor can stay in the top five and rushing every year, then uh, this Colts rushing offense is going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah, they certainly are, man. Like that's crazy to think that he he really started started the season didn't really have a lot of games that were like phenomenal. Besides that Viking Vikings game where he had over a hundred yards for a while there, he really wasn't doing much on the ground. So uh-huh. that just tells you how great of a second half of the season he really did have. I mean, you mentioned that he was second in the league to Derrick Henry in terms of rushing yards and some other statistics. So that just shows you how great of a back he was. And he also added a little bit in the, in the pass catching department too. He finished, uh, with 36 catches for 299 and a touchdown. So he also showed his ability to, to to catch out of the backfield too, which is definitely great. So yeah, overall, Jonathan Taylor had a really, really solid rookie season, I would say. I mean, nearly 1,500 scrimmage yards. He looked phenomenal, uh, especially you know at the end of that season. And Naheem Hines also had a really, really good year. I mean, really good year. Uh, and we think of him, obviously, he's more of a receiving back. But Naheem Hines really, I thought, thought took a step forward in terms of actually running between the tackles this year. I mean, he finishes with 89 attempts, 380 yards, three rushing touchdowns, 4.3 yards per carry. Not Obviously not as good as Jonathan Taylor, 
But still, you know, when he was called upon, he looked really, really good. And he did finish, you know, he led the Colts also in receiving, which I think is definitely significant as well. Uh, I'm pulling up his stats here. Naheem Hines, man, had had 63 catches for 482 yards and four touchdowns on the uh, uh, through the air. So both of these running backs, man, they're multi-dimensional. You can use them in different ways, um, but they also both can run between the tackles, which is definitely important. Yeah, and you mentioned those uh, receiving stats for Naheem Hines. Those were top 10 in every statistical category when it came to running backs. I actually think it was top five. So th- these these stats that Naheem Hines did this year, we said it th- at the beginning of this year. Can we please get Naheem Hines more involved in this offense? And they did that this year, and it showed you we saw a glimpse of what Naheem Hines can do to this offense when you give him the opportunity to have the ball in space. He did it so many times. We actually didn't even use him as much as I think we should, but and yet he probably was used, utilized more this year than he has in the last two seasons combined. So it's I think now the Colts are finally understanding what Naheem Hines is able to bring to the table. And you mentioned it, running in between the tackles. I mean, Hines was always pretty good when he came into the league at running. Uh, he had a couple good runs in 2018 with Andrew Luck leading the helm. But, yeah, it, it, he never really had a lot of the big runs, though. A lot of runs this year where Naheem would get stopped at the line of scrimmage but somehow would, like, would just burst outside of the tackle and then just get, like, a 20, 30-yard gain because nobody could catch him. I mean, that's yeah. the kind of thing you get from Hines. And – you know, for as small as he is compared to a lot of other running backs, you know, he's not afraid to embrace contact either. I love that. I don't know if that's Jonathan Taylor, just, you know, him seeing Jonathan Taylor do that. And he just says, I want to go do that. I mean, mm. I don't know what it is, but I, I the, the physicality of Naheem Hines has also impressed me a lot this year. I mean, Hines is a great dual threat weapon. I mean, the Colts are starting to figure it out now. And, I mean, the future is bright for these two. I mean, the Colts are going to have a really good future ahead of them with these two as their feature backs. Yeah, I mean, I pulled up the stats here. Between both of them, Jonathan Taylor had 1,468 scrimmage yards, so nearly 1,500. Naheem Hines had 862, so closing in on 900. So both these guys nearly had 1,000 yards from scrimmage. I mean, that's definitely insane. Um for both of those guys. And we didn't even factor in Marlon Mack, right? Like he was in a thousand yard rusher uh, in 2019. Um, so you bring, I think personally, I'm of the belief you bring Mar- Marlon Mack back. I know a lot of people are like, why would you do that? I'm like, man, running back by committee, man. I mean, we saw the Colts missed Marlon Mack and how important he is to this offense. Now I know Taylor eventually got it going, but if you bring back a back like Marlon Mack to help, help Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield still, I mean, that's huge, man. For this running game, I am so excited if they bring him back because you mentioned we mentioned those two guys, Marlon Max and a, a dynamic back as well. Yeah, and you know you're right, Marlon Mack. People are just kind of forgetting what Marlon Mack is able to do when he's healthy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we understand Taylor and Hines are more of the uh, pass catching backs. They've shown they can do that, but Marlon Mack has the patience. You know, he just makes plays with his feet. I mean, he doesn't have the home run speed, but he's definitely a guy that you can utilize in a lot of different areas. It's just now come to the point on 
whether or not you want to bring him back and for how much are you going to get him? Cause you know, I, I would love to have Marlon Mack back as well. I, I think that, you know, in a league where it says you shouldn't use running backs that much, I love what the Colts are able to do on teams when they can run the football. I think that, you know, Taylor obviously is learning how to be on this offense still. And Hines is, you know, a good runner, but he's not a he's not a between the tackles runner yet. I just think that's where Marlon Mack could come in and help. I mean, I would love to get him in here and keep him and, you know, be able to have three solid running backs that you know are going to be the future for you. It's just a matter of, again, the cap space and does the productivity match, you know, what you want to do with the six, seven, eight, however much you're going to have to spend on him. Cause again, we know how productive Marlon Mack is, but you know, you have the issues with the injuries and then, you know, does, does Marlon Mack coming back, take some of the productivity away from what Jonathan Taylor could become? Cause Jonathan Taylor, these last five weeks has been, it's just been explosive. I mean, he's been, He's been what we wanted Marlon Mack to be, not discrediting Marlon Mack. He's been a great running back. But I mean, that 250-yard performance by Jonathan Taylor, I don't, I, I don't, I don't ever see Marlon Mack having one of those. But I mean, I'm I'm caught in a pickle, man. I'm really caught in a pickle because I see the opportunity from both ends here. I understand, you know, that you want to save the cap space. Just go with Wilkins, Taylor, and Hines. Go with them. You you have what you want. Save the calf room. Don't bring in another running back. But then at the same time, I love what Marlon Mack has done. And I believe that given what he has done for this team, I feel that he deserves a, con- a one-year deal to come back and show what he can still bring to this team. Yeah. And even like we didn't mention this also, like even though he was out for the year, he was still in the building. Like he's the type of player you want to build around, right? Like he's the type of guy you want in your locker room. He's a good locker room presence. And like, I think for me, the reason why I want to bring back Marlon Mack so bad is yeah, he's obviously productive. He'd been productive. We know he's had his share of, of minor injuries besides this major injury he just had, but uh, also, you know, from a mileage standpoint, you know, running back sometimes their lifespan can be really, really quick, right? Like, for example, Todd Gurley, he was he was out of a job by 25. Like, you just don't know in this league. And so I think for me, like, yeah, Marlon Max had some injuries, which I think also will help you be able to bring him back more at a more reasonable price. Um, but also thinking about, you know, just durability for the long term. Jonathan Taylor didn't have any problems with that this year. Uh, but maybe it does down the line. It helps him be in the league a little bit longer and more productive in the league a little bit longer. So Marlon Mack's still very young. I believe he's going to be 24, 25. So I'm of the belief you bring him back, man, in my opinion. Um, if you bring all these guys back, man, I mean, your running game was dynamic at the end of the year. Can you imagine just the? I think you'd have a top three running attack if all these guys were healthy next year with the emergence of Taylor having Mac and Hines, dude, that's why I want to bring him back because like you can literally run on anybody. If that's the case, I mean, you already were able to, but even more so adding just another, what Marlon Mack can do between the tackles. It's invaluable in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, we also had, I don't remember which game it was, 
But do you remember when the Colts were down to only two active running backs? I don't remember <laughs> yep. which game it was, but, you know, with the way COVID in 2020 exposed that, you know, you have issues with sometimes that that pops up on you at the last second, and then you could be out of a guy. And, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to have the extra depth, too, because we don't know how how's next year going to go. Is it going to be the same way? And then, you know, if, if a running back goes down with COVID and then, you know, you have to rely on Hines or Mac if Taylor goes down again with, you know, goes down with COVID and, you know, we we have to rely on Hines and Wilkins. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, depth is never a bad thing in what the league's trying to deal with right now because of how many players could immediately just be gone at the snap of a finger. So, you know, it never hurts to have that extra depth and especially a guy that you know is a potential top running top 10 running back in the league when he's fully healthy and going. Right. I'm kind of th- of the belief of like what the Browns have done, right? With Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, like two really, really good running backs. And they just use them so, so well. And their running game is insane. Like their running game is absolutely insane. I kind of envision that. And I think, you know, based off of what we've seen from Frank Reich with the running back by committee, I think that would be a very wise choice in my opinion to do that. Cause you're right. Like we even said, like, you know, because Marlon Mack went down, we were still okay. Cause we had Jonathan Taylor, you know, if Jonathan Taylor or Marlon Mack has to miss a game, the Colts are still okay. They still have a running back, like you said. So uh-huh. I, that's that's a good point, and I, I really agree with you there. Um, I really think that bringing Marlon Mack back would be really good for this running game. Be really good for the locker room. Seems like he wants to be back in Indianapolis. Um, he's the you know the type of guy you want. And I don't think he's going to break the bank either, especially with all the running backs that are going to be free agents. Uh, I don't think he's probably at the top of that list, in my opinion, which is probably good for the Colts standpoint. But yeah, uh, this running back room, man, we, we talked about it before the season. We said it's easily one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. But I want to look back at this 2020 season and I want to get a grade from you from what you think this running back group gave you overall so whatever a a through f what are you thinking um i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a b plus and the only reason i'm not giving it an a is just due to how slow it started off now that's not necessarily a lot of the running backs fault you know i mean it had had the issue with you know marlon mack going down and taylor not having an off season to really train so he had to learn on the fly and, you know, Hines was trying to figure it out. And Wilkins really didn't really didn't do much in the beginning. They tried. They thought maybe Wilkins would be that Marlon Mack spike. You know, it would help this offense kind of regenerate. But the offensive line never really did too much to help Wilkins either. So, but then when you looked at what happened at the end of the season gives me hope. And that's why I give them a B plus because now – You've seen what Jonathan Taylor can give you. Had some, um, had an amazing last six weeks of the season. One of the best in the whole league. And then Hines being utilized the way he is right now. Hopefully they continue to use him in the way they are because he's starting to develop even more. And then if you decide to bring Marlon Mack back, what I think this team can be, I think it's it's on par with whatever the Titans are going to do with Derrick Henry. This offensive group, this running back group altogether will give you more production than Derrick Henry at the end of 2021. If all of them stay healthy, I'm telling you that right now. 
I, I definitely agree. And it should be that way. If you have three really productive running backs, that's how it goes. I'm going to give it an A minus though. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to do that because of the guys you just mentioned, you know, Jonathan Taylor, number three overall. I know they had a rough, not great start, which is why I don't give them an A or an A plus, but from what Jonathan Taylor did to Naheem Hines leading your team in receptions, I mean, both your running backs were your stat leaders. So that for that reason alone, I think it's definitely worth that. Um, and I definitely think both these guys were so big for what you want to do. Um, Naheem Hines also adds something in the punt return department as well. So they just help you out in so many different ways. And like you're right, if you get Marlon Mack back, I think this is easily one of the best running back groups in the league, no doubt. And, and they're going to be super productive. We've seen them all be productive when given the opportunity. So I definitely think right there, probably 90% if you're making me do a percentage. But yeah, I mean, regardless, this is a really, really good group, a really young group, and it's super exciting moving forward. Absolutely. All right. Well, that'll wrap up our look at the Colts running back room from 2020. Like I said earlier, if you guys haven't already, be sure to go check out our look at the quarterbacks and also be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to subscribe, all that good stuff. That'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks so much. 